And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hello, I'm Mark Chapman, and I'm back with some good news. I'll be hosting the Athletic Football Podcast four times a week. I'll be joined by the likes of Adam Crafton, David Ornstein, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, Matt Slater, and plenty more of The Athletic's brilliant journalists. And together, we'll bring you the best insight into the biggest football stories. So that's every single week, Monday to Thursday. And if you like what we do, then please follow and subscribe to The Athletic Football Podcast in all the usual places. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee and Paul Byers are here as usual. Hi, fellas. How are you doing? Hello there. All good. All good. Enjoying the sun. Good. Uh, You can read everything on City and more in The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod and sign up. You get these podcasts without the ads as well. So just sign up at theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. Let's start with uh, the uh, with, with Erling Haaland at, uh, at West Ham because um, we're going to go straight in with Guardiola after after the game uh, because he was pretty pleased with Haaland's first game although he uh, was at pains to point out that people doubted him after the Community Shield so obviously uh, the question comes in about Guardiola you must be happy with that performance this is what he said but one week ago he could not adapt in the Premier League and now is uh, the best we. Is alongside Titi Henry and Alan Shearer and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. So, listen, he came from five years, hopefully, in the state this time and more. And when we won, is, when we won alongside like Julian, Scott, Calvin, all the new guys, is, is be happy. You know, feel good in the city, feel good with the team, and push him a little bit more. So, he's a guy with the incredible talent, score of goals, because number nine is numbers. But we would like to add something more in his game to be a better player, not just a guy who scored a goal, as it's so important. And that's why we want to try to give everything to him to be a better player. So interesting to hear um, Guardiola's thoughts there, Sam. I mean, first off, he name-dropped Scott Carson, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but then, I mean, second off, he's, like, it's all about improving Haaland. And like we were expecting him to come in and, and uh, well, a lot of fans are expecting him to come in and, and just take the league by storm. I think it's interesting that, that, they're, that they're both talking about improvements. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, my pre-season prediction of... All the journalists would go into a press conference saying, he's good, isn't he? And then Guardiola says, actually, we want him to make him a better player. We want him to do more. It came true after like, the first literally <laughs> the first Premier League game. Uh, so, yeah. It, and then I was like, so when he said, oh, yeah, there's things he can improve on, I was like, oh, ordinarily I would ask that. And to be fair, I should have anyway. But I, I think that's what's, I think that's my, those kind of questions have pissed off Guardiola in the past. 
because I think he's looking at it from the point of view of why are you always looking for like the negative shit? But like if he says we can still do better at certain things, I want to know what they are because isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, but then somebody did ask him what Harlan can improve at anyway, and he was like, well, everything he said himself, which is obviously it's 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 like a nice little get out of jail free card for Guardiola, isn't it? Because he can say then whatever he well, not whatever he wants, but he can say a lot of things because Harlan's already said it, and there's no because you know, I suppose I would be right in saying, well, Guardiola wants him to do this, blah, 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 blah. And it becomes the whole narrative, doesn't it? Um, but he just went, oh, yeah, it's like like Harlan said. And he just went back to his, his unveiling. You know, when he answered Jack's question, like really like earnestly and humbly saying, finishing left foot, right foot, headers, movement, all this kind of stuff. The, the um, headers thing yeah. is interesting because uh, we're going to hear a little bit of Harland uh, speaking to Alan Shearer a bit later on in yeah. the show. Um, and he, he kept coming back to the headers thing, didn't he, in that? He keep, he, yeah, that like, was the thing. He said Solskjaer told him he couldn't head. Like when he got to Mulder, he was like, Solskjaer told me I couldn't head. And he was like, shit, I agree with you. So they did loads of work on it. And Ahmed, so, I mean, we've obviously had some great additions to the athletic team over the summer, clearly Paul. Um, but Ahmed Walid, like I've always loved Ahmed's stuff. He used to do tactical stuff for Medium. Now he's doing it for us. And he's already done an, um, a tactical article from the City game at the weekend about the the fullbacks coming into midfield, and it's great. And I was talking to him, and he was like, one of the things he noticed about Haaland, because he did an article about Haaland the other week, he said, like, genuinely, last season, he like, he noticed a change in Haaland's heading. I think he said he, he rushes them less. Before, he would kind of rush them and kind of head them, like head the bottom of the ball and head them up. But now he's a bit more composed when it's a header. So you, you can see that's clearly an ongoing process. Yeah. I mean, obviously though, Paul, um, he, he did head over his only other chance in the game when Jack Grealish <laughs> yeah. smashed it in his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pro- pro- probably that's that was a proof that uh, he can improve in that ball. Fair to say that the, that the cross wasn't the best cross, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't it wasn't the easiest to convert. Yeah, let's put it wasn't that the way. softest touch. Yeah. Um what what do you think Guardiola means about um generally improving Haaland? Because uh, I I mean ultimately like Haaland comes in as uh, one of the most complete signings that City yeah. have, have ever had. So like uh, how does he get better? Uh, I think it's part of the process of signing a player like Erling Haaland, right? I mean if you if you have to convince him to join your club, um you have to prove him somehow that you can still improve him and you can make him a better player and he can join a system that he has probably not played before in, in his life. So it's part of, I mean, the whole process um, of just Pep wanting a player that wants to improve, that wants to be better and convincing him that he's the right man to do it. So I guess, yeah, that's that's the thing that he uses to convince himself and Holland that um, Human City can be a good fit and they still have room uh, room to improve and things to do. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's hear from Haaland himself. Uh, it was interesting that Guardiola mentioned Shearer because he spoke to Haaland for the Athletic before Sunday's game. Um, here's a clip from that interview, starting with how Haaland deals with pressure. In the end, we just want to enjoy the enjoy playing football, enjoy what we want, what our childhood dream was, mm. you know. Uh, and of course, there will be people talking about you, especially you as a striker. You don't score this, you don't score that, you know. Then. The talks come, but in the end, you cannot choose what people say, what people read, what people think about you. Yeah. This is something you just have to to live with, live with. And uh, yeah, I kind I kind of enjoy it. I have to yeah, say, yeah. when I when I went down to Southampton as a as a youngster, I was by no means the best footballer, um, but I think I worked harder than than anyone else, particularly on 
my finishing. So if we can talk about goals, can you sort of describe what scoring a goals scoring a goal means to you, particularly at the top level? Yeah, it's 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 a good question because when I score a goal, it's it's a, this feeling, you know. Is this, there anything better? No, I don't no, think it is, I you agree. know, because <laughs> when you it doesn't matter the goal. When you score a goal, it's just something inside you that's you uh, always had that feeling. Yeah, yeah. always, you yeah. know, when I was younger, scoring as many as I could. Uh and still, you know, this it's this feeling I and also this kind of when you celebrate yeah. your first goal. Yeah. It's like oh, this I want to do again, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I, I get this often, you know, scoring one, oh Imagine doing this again, you know, yeah. and also this thought about, you know, let's say, for example, you see someone score a hat-trick on Saturday. Oh, man, it would be mm. nice to do this next week, you yeah. know. And you've, you've mentioned the, the incredible feeling of, of scoring goals. We both know what it likes to miss chances as well. I mean, sorry to bring last weekend up, but I know when I miss chances, I didn't sleep at night. I didn't sleep for, the, that, for that night, for the next night, and I, was, I couldn't wait to start the next game again so I can rectify and put that right. Is is that what you feel as well? I mean, particularly after missing one last weekend, we all do it, it happens to us all. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, when I look look back at it, it's like, how can you miss there? <laughs> you know, it's like this, but you know that this this will probably happen to me again. Yeah, yeah. You know, this will, this will happen and uh, that's football. And then it's about, as you say, you don't sleep well. Mm. I never sleep good after games. But it's also kind of motivation to to score or to do something in the next game after, you know, when yep. you miss something like this. And this is also when you score two goals, oh, I want to do it again. Yep, so absolutely. it's actually no matter what happens, it's motivation. And that's what also is good about it, you know. But of course, it's not a good feeling. It's the worst feeling ever, you know. I would, I would never admit this when I was in your position at 22. But um, is there a part of you that... If your team's won but you haven't scored, there's a little bit of disappointment there. <laughs> <laughs> that depends, but uh, but uh, that's a yes then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, now the game is the game is a bit different. So now it's in the end, it's about winning, and uh, it's so much more about goals as well. You know, about playing and and uh, of course, don't forget the assists. This is really important. Yeah. You know, I know when I was your age, and people asked me this question, and I always. Um, said no I didn't have any targets at all but I did I had a target of about 20 goals once I got to 20 goals have you got any targets <laughs> I have the answer exactly the same as you, <laughs> as you said I this is uh, something I if I have I will keep it for myself yeah. and uh, I will not uh, tell anyone you can read the full interview between Alan Shearer and Erling Haaland on The Athletic right now. Um, Paul, what do you make of uh, of what of how Haaland speaks there? Because the the attitude thing, uh, it, it's it, it's this almost this feeling of of needing to correct mistakes that he's made. It's, it's quite a. It, it feels like a big part of him. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he's a guy that he doesn't allow himself to to miss. He doesn't allow himself like to not score a goal. Yeah, just to waste a good chance. So. I mean, it's kind of good. Um, I think that deep down Pep loves that. I think that it's worth it as well to point out that um, Pep did, compari- did that comparison with Messi after the post game against West Ham, saying that he had the pleasure to coach Messi and that Messi was a guy that when he scored the third goal, he wanted to score the fourth one. And he could relate Haaland to that. So probably that's a bit how it is. 
Um, and I think, yeah, that this is good news for City and good news for, for a team that um, having this kind of mentality inside the dressing room, I think that can only have like positive effects. Yeah, Sam, the, uh, the, the other side of it, the, 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 the positive feeling that comes with scoring goals, as Paul mentioned there, about the, the desire to kind of feel that again. Like that, mm. you can see how that drives his hunger to, to just keep improving, I guess. Yeah, um, I think it kind of goes back to a lot of a lot of what I heard in that and read in that interview. Kind of reminded me of when I went to where he grew up, and just that kind of because obviously he kind of channeled it badly at that point because if he wasn't doing what he wanted or it didn't go his way, he was like really like fucked off basically, just yeah. like really pissed off, like would get in not yeah arguments I suppose and just whatever. But now he now he channels it in that way just to always be better and yeah go and get go and get another goal, like like he was saying, like we heard. Um, you score one, you want to go and get another. Or you like you score two and you think, I want to go and do that next week. I think, did he even say, you see a player, you see somebody else scoring a hat-trick. Yeah. Think, I want to go and do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just this incredible drive that he's, he's had since he was young. And I remember one of the, the coaches said, he always used to say he wanted to be better than his dad, which is no surprise now because anyone who's read or watched anything, even like the stuff that, that City have put out, they say it all the time, don't they? Like, or like Erlinger said it all the time. He always wants to be better than his dad. But that was something that I first heard in Norway. And he was saying it like when he was really, really young. So he's always got this this kind of drive. And I just guess it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like we take the piss out of Diaz for like the the social media posts. Um, but like in terms of his actual drive and application, it's just on another level that we could never comprehend. Yeah. And this is obviously the case, the case with Haaland. And obviously, he's got the physical and mental, mental and technical attributes to match, and it's a, a scary combination. Yeah, I mean, he's one goal short of of his dad's goal tally for City, so yeah, uh, yeah. he's uh, he's doing all right in his first game. <laughs> yeah, and he'll be three ahead of it by Sunday or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, Paul is he's Guardiola the perfect manager for him in, in in that sense because like it's it's almost ideal given that it feels like Guardiola is an obsessive about getting the best out of players, and Harlem feels like an obsessive about getting the best out of himself. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I think I can, it can be plus. Being Pepper man that probably can take him out to a new place to like uh, take him out like from his comfort zone, uh, put him like on a different system with a different idea, and to make Holland like understand how he has to fit with it. Basically, um, I think that's yeah that that given like the drive and the ambition that he has, it's going to be like a good thing for him because he's going to learn and he's going to yeah basically he's going to become a better player. I think that he was quite right in terms of like. Uh, on this interview with Alan Shearer, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to get like his full potential like in 10 years, but I think that he's going to keep developing and like in every year he's going to rely more on his tactical knowledge or on his sense for the whole game rather than his physicality, which for now, for me, is the most impressive thing that you see about him on the pitch. Just like on the first goal when he could like just speed up on like 20 meters. Um, to get that penalty, that was kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think that for now, probably his biggest quality or the biggest impact that he that he has is on his exuberance, like on his physicality. But with the pass of time, it can get like his just his understanding of the game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm interested how their relationship will, will develop as well because uh, I've listened to this. This is Guardiola um, from after the game uh, talking about what he, what he liked about the striker's performance and about getting to know the striker as well. Listen, I don't know him much because we are two weeks, no, one month together, three weeks, one month together. So we need time in the good moments, bad moments, how we react in the situations and how he handle. I know how he handled a lot of criticism this week and he was really calm, trained really well. We will see when he will compliment how he react. We will see. But the way he took the ball to take a penalty, I said, oh, I like it. So one direct, and I think if someone go to take this ball, he will punch in the, in the faces of his mates. I'm pretty sure of that. And that is a good signal because it's about, you know, you have to be self-confident, ambition, and, and good mentality. And that showed me I like it. So and of course he scored it. I don't care. The hat trick. I won't win the game, and Julian deserves to play. And many games maybe isn't going to play because I want everybody involved in that. So, so here's a business and business score goals. I don't see the numbers. If the goals helps to win the game, it's perfect. If the he said, I don't know, goals is going to score, help us to win the Premier League or be in there, be consistent like we were in the last, you know, four Premier Leagues in five years. It's OK. So what they want is, is be part of something, you know. I, I'm so incredibly happy for him, you know, two goals, the debate is over. And um, and I know he's going to score a goal, not because he's here, not because he's with us. It's because he was born and he started to score a goal. So he did it in Salzburg, he did it in Dortmund, and, and hopefully can do it here. Sam, I don't know about you, but I got the... I, you know that kind of old dating premise, keep, treat them mean, keep them keen sort of thing? That, that's what I got from the substitute thing there, because Haaland was saying in his interview about um, when you score the first, you want to score the second. And then Guardiola says about the hat-trick, I don't care. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that's the way to kind of keep that fire going. Like, oh, you want a hat-trick to you? Well... Off you come. <laughs> well, better, yeah, better work hard, wait until next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably was. It's quite funny. Like, I don't know, It was there was probably an element of Guardiola's answer of, oh, don't fucking question my substitute again. You know, when he's like, I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. Don't ask me. I don't care. Um, but I suppose it's it's kind of, it all had to be done, didn't it? Man- managers minutes, get the other lads on. I mean, the use of five substitutes was interesting. And it's, it's really good for City, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when, when Calvin Phillips can get extra minutes, look, a few. But he wouldn't have got them probably before. Palmer can get on. Like, he probably wouldn't have got those minutes as well. Like, yeah, it's it's really handy. But yeah, bringing, bringing Haaland off, considering they were, you know, they were being careful with him in training what, three weeks ago with the niggles. Makes yeah. complete sense. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure he'll be wanting more on, on the weekend. 
Yeah. Um, Paul, Guardiola's always had a big thing about attitude and application of players. You can you can always see it, I think, in his answers in press conferences when he likes that in a player. And I think you can see it here, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you can. And I think that Holland has that. I think that Julian Alvarez has that as well. And now that we were uh, speaking like about the substitution, I think that Pep was quite um, quick to reply that or to answer in in their questions that Julian deserved to play and that he wanted to make Julian play um, because he's training so good, because he wants to have him like switch on with the squad. So I guess that um, this, this is the thing that they wants to reward, um, this attitude, this approach in training and, and in games. And yeah, I think that Holland has it. It was interesting as well to say, um, uh, to hear Pep saying that um, he saw Holland, how he was after handling like a week of criticism after the Community Shield. Um, and now um, he's going to see how he reacts after a week of like huge plaudits, basically. So, yeah, that's that's another interesting angle from, from his answers. How much criticism was there, actually? Like, I know there was yeah, a couple well, of things. I know yeah. there was like, there's probably one article that every City fan would like tell me specifically, but yeah. I won't mention it for like diplomatic reasons. Yeah, but well, like, I'm it sure wasn't. It it, it, I think it's this. This kind of sugar, sure, mate. What do you reckon? No, no, that that it, it can it can get worse in terms of criticism if the season doesn't yeah, go well like, for him. I think it's and this isn't one of those things where I'm like, oh, the media's been absolutely fine because, like I say, there's there's definitely one article where people were like, um, you know, it wasn't a great performance or whatever. And may, maybe in terms of like the the discussions during the week on the radio or the TV or whatever was like, oh, you know, how's it going to go, blah, blah, blah. And it's more of a talking point. Like, like when we did the podcast last week, I was I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to make it a talking point kind of thing. Even by saying, he's fine, don't worry about it. It, it kind of rolls it along. But it, it wasn't it that bad. It it, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I kind of think it's half of it just these kind of meme and betting accounts that kind yeah. of get conflated with the media now. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Like, I'm not saying the media's perfect, but this is nothing to do with us. Yeah, like, yeah but... Odds pie, but it's fuck all to do with... The media, you know what I mean? But I suppose it's all part yeah. of it's all part think, of the, the pressure, I guess, for a footballer. I think that the bottom line of the game of the of the community shield was like um uh the Liverpool of Darwin Nunez won the game and the Man City of Erling Haaland lost the game with Erling yeah, Haaland yeah. missing three chances. So that that was probably like the headline in some match reports and something like that, and that's what they can understand like as criticism mm. basically he, want, he wants to wait until they go out of the Champions League in the quarterfinals <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you wait yeah yeah, yeah. More, more to come in there um, I must admit there's uh, a friend of mine you know when I, I, Sam I posted my uh, I asked a few people about my fancy league selection and uh, you you said it felt quite good and quite balanced um, mm. there, there was somebody who told me that uh, not to put Haaland in because uh, the quote was he's a fraud mate um, and I've just waited on that. I'm wa- just waited on that until after the weekend's game, just to ju- just to kind of you know how you can now like reply on WhatsApp with a with a reaction. Um, I mean, I would I would have replied with that reaction and fucking immediately. Just get, just get, just give it a, just give it a little like just to uh, <laughs> just to keep things uh, ticking over. Um, yeah. I, I, plenty will look at Haaland's display from the weekend and and basically say, oh, it's what City have been missing all these you know these last couple of years. Uh, maybe Guardiola looks at it about how both he and how about Haaland and how the team can can kind of complement each other. And again, Sam, it just reminds me of all those conversations we were having about Aguero in in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it definitely looked com- complimentary, didn't it? Yeah. Um, 
in terms of like the link up play, because that's the kind of thing we've dwelt on as well. We've talked about, you know, how, how the, the little passes, how are they going to work? But they were like, they're all absolutely fine. Um, you know, maybe there's some kind of small elements of finesse where it can improve that I can't appreciate from seeing it. But I mean, if we're just going to go as basic as like pass accuracy, he didn't have, he had the fewest touches of all the City players and the, few, no, the fewest passes, probably the fewest touches as well. But like, basically, 80% of those would have been the kind of thing we're looking out for, like ball into feet from a midfielder or a centre back. Yeah. Are you going to be accurate with it? And he had like 93% accuracy. So like that, it all, it all went really well. Just one, one thing I thought about the game, and this is just part of it being like the first game of the season. And I know people were like, people obviously think or, or know that City don't always start the season so well. And obviously West Ham had seven friendlies before compared to like City's three, including the community shield. And you think, God, you know, they, they might be much fitter. City might not be ready. So it was obviously never going to be perfect, but it was very good. But part of the not perfect element, it did kind of, I did think during the second half, I was like, if it hasn't been for Haaland, it didn't look like anyone else is scoring. And it's not because anybody, nobody else looks sharp. Obviously, De Bruyne had dragged one wide and Gundogan had that chance at the back post, which was just, just a bad finish. But it was just like, everything was geared towards giving Haaland chances, wasn't it? So it yeah. was almost like, one thing that needs to work better is the overall balance. Because in the first half, there was just crosses into the box that he couldn't get on the end of because they're either very close or just not close enough. Um, and in the second half, it was like they were all just going for him. So I remember Foden was running with the ball, kind of cutting in from the right. And he had Grealish open to the left, but he kind of tried to slip in Haaland. And I completely understand why you're trying to slip in Haaland. But it was like, okay, it's the first game of the season. You're trying to give it to the new boy. He's already got one, possibly two. Um and you, you just know he's going to score it if he gets it. But that is the pass. Like, Grealish was the pass there. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's, it's just finding that balance. So when while we talk about him fitting in with the team and be, being complimentary and stuff, there's the other element as well where it's like the, the rest of the team kind of need to remember to work with each other, which I'm sure they will. And, well, like, they, they genuinely 100% will. But I just thought it was interesting from the weekend as something that hasn't really been talked about, that he was basically all of the threat, which is obviously good in that game. You know, it can't be that way forever. Yeah. Well, let's let's pull back a little bit, Paul, and talk about uh, the the team setup rather than just how Haaland slotted into it. Yep. Because um, there was something a bit new in in what Guardiola did to beat West Ham. In previous years, they've struggled with West Ham, especially on the counter attack through the middle. Uh, so Walker and Cancelo both made like a blocking three with uh, with Rodri to to stop that and get City's midfielders a bit higher up when in possession. Um, here's what Guardiola said uh, after the game about uh, his assessment of the fullbacks, basically. Today, Kyle Walker was exceptional. Maybe one of the best games he had played in the last uh, since we were together because it's not just defensive he was part in always I encourage you you are good to play with the ball you, you are talent to do it and with Joao was of course Joao when his focus is uh, all, all guys all guys were, were brilliant we didn't concede much and we make in the right rhythm to play and of course now we have a threat with, with Erling and I think uh, more interesting, though, was this from uh, West Ham manager David Moyes after the game in, in his press conference. Basically, kind of, he was asked for his assessment of the game. This is what he said. They changed from last year. We played well against them here a few weeks ago and uh, gave them a better game, but we found it very hard today. They, tactically, they changed. They nearly Walker and Concello nearly played either side of uh, Rodri, played with, with no full-backs, Found it. We found it hard to outnumber them in the middle of the pitch. Then we found it difficult when they when they got it got it wide. We found it difficult to to cope when they got it wide. So today, tactically, they were they were much better, and we hadn't prepped for that. 
because uh, we hadn't really seen it. But today, it was uh, it was really difficult tactically to deal with them. Can I just ask you, um, at the end of the first half, they had 82% possession. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could have, you know, stamped the dancing different to maybe reduce that position? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to have done that, yeah. Have you got an idea? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you think we don't work on that, pressing high up? <laughs> so I've got to say, like we tried to to do it, we couldn't we couldn't get near them today. I hope the next time we play them, we've done it. I would might be might be able to offer something better, but today we weren't. Do you think that was such a big issue? Like this was, city was so different with Ireland that previous like preparation. No, I didn't say they were different because of Haaland. I said they were different because of where they played their, both their fullbacks today. Both the fullbacks played played nearly either side of Rodri, which caused us a bigger problem. They nearly outnumbered us in midfield. We couldn't get on the ball. And then when we brought our players in to try and cope with them, then they got the ball out to Foden or, or Grealish and got some wood. So that's how I saw it. So it basically meant that any time you've previously prepared City, it didn't be counted. No, it, well, you always know that you know, over the years they've always brought one full back in and, and tucked in. So it was, it was Sinchenko last year quite often. But the two of them played in there today and uh, made it really difficult to outnumber us. So tactically they were, they were good. We we altered, tried to alter it at half-time a little bit to see if we could, as you said, get some more possession back off them. We tried that. Uh, and it got a little bit better, to be fair, for a little while until they got the second goal. But uh, today the talk should be about Man City. They played very well. Paul, I, I think that's fascinating. A, a really fascinating yeah, assessment of how um, of how Guardiola set up. Um, we've never, we've, I've never seen that before. The, the way he did it. I think uh, I'm probably going to um, di di disappoint you with that. But I think that it's something that they already tried at the beginning of last season at the Community Shield and against Tottenham away, if I'm not wrong. Mendy was playing there, probably he wasn't like the best suited for that. Um, plus, I think that the team was still far from, from the best form. And back then, I, I think that Pep decided to give it a go and just try with Cancelo dipping into midfield. And it panned out pretty well at the end of the season. But clearly, he, he sees some potential in that because he has come back to that. Um, I think that to to have this kind of tactic working, you need like the two fullbacks um, being brave and being good. And I think that's why he praised Kyle Walker a lot because Kyle Walker, I think that he was very brave, and Pep is kind of happy with those kind of of behaviors in in, in his players, basically. Because if you have to list Kyle Walker's best qualities, ball, ball distribution is probably not there. You would point out like the pace or just, yeah, just how he marked on the one-on-one. -on -one. But Kyle Walker just pushed himself to be like an extra midfielder and to drive the ball up and to do it like on the best possible way, which is kind of brave and is just putting him, himself in service of the team. And that's why Pep was happy. But yeah, um, it's something that I, I think that... Uh, Pep has seen from from I don't know if he's still Shakhtar manager, but the Italian De, De Zerbi. Um He used to do something like that with Shakhtar, and yeah, as I was saying, Pep tried to do it at the beginning of last season. It wasn't like su successful, but now this season with Joe Cancelo more like um, consolidated in, in, into the team, I think that 
he is a player that ha- that helps a lot in that because with the ball he's like an extra midfielder. He has the quality to do anything he wants. Um, and yeah, in that regard, when the plans when the plan works, uh, it's difficult for a team that is not expecting that just to control it. Because apart from the two fullbacks, I think that it's worth it to point out how good Foden and Grealish were as like those kind of fake wingers that were almost fullbacks when they wanted to. To, to get the ball. Um, so, yeah, um, something interesting and, yeah, something that shows how, well, how Pep, the, the overthinker, um, keeps, <laughs> <laughs> keeps just trying just to look for the best option just to improve the team and just to keep being unpredictable. Yeah, Sam, I was going to say, it, it, it only have two senior fullbacks. It doesn't make any difference if you don't play fullbacks, does it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I suppose it doesn't. Um, the, the, the other thing I want to add to that is, um, a guy called Theo on Twitter sent me a link earlier to a, a video kind of analysing Guardiola's Bayern tactics from two years ago. And in terms of that 2-3-5, it was exactly the same. It's, the video probably spends about five or six minutes analysing it and off the ball was slightly different. Um, you know, when City didn't have the ball, it was a slightly different shape to what was in the video. But on the ball, it was exactly the same as what we saw on Saturday. And what Moyes was saying, you know, when we tried to go out wide and then they had space in the middle so we tried to close in the middle and they had space out wide so tactically they were better that is exactly what is in this video like it, it's uncanny so that two three five it's definitely been done before by Guardiola at Bayern as Paul says yeah there were bits of it last season I remember I think I said it on the podcast that was when I was in the stands and Laporte and the Spanish lads were just back from pre from their like oh yeah 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 because yeah, they were later back so they were in the stands and I was talking to somebody about it and Laporte kind of turned around and he was like yeah so look if Mendy comes inside it opens up that passing route out to the wing and then he, and that's how it was so yeah they did it then and also obviously that Zabaleta in like the first game the home was it the first Guardiola Premier League game Sunderland at home yeah I, I, I remember inside. yeah I remember seeing I can't I couldn't remember if it was Zabaleta or Sanya but I remember I certainly remember Clichy popping up yeah. kind of like in the middle alongside it probably in Fernando or something god they, these are names yeah. that are <laughs> from, from the past aren't they but still uh, like so I just I, I remember mid the mid 2010s being yeah, yeah. Um, just just remember them kind of popping up in the centre of the pitch going what on earth is going on here it doesn't feel right like watching it it feels uncomfortable to watch it god knows what it's like to play against you know yeah um well to play with because obviously it's not easy and it goes back to what paul was saying about praising carl walker for being exceptional because yeah that's not that's not the game and i don't think you know we're going to see that too often there's no way he's doing that against liverpool but he did the job he had to do and, and he and he did it very well and yeah it was kind of it looked very new but it was definitely like recycled and also it was the same aim as they always want Control the counter-attacks by having loads of men in the middle. Keep the ball as often as possible. It just absolutely killed West Ham. Like the first 10 minutes of the second half, the, the atmosphere was just dead because they yeah. couldn't do anything. Um, like Moyes said, they just they had no answer. Um, and again, in the press conference, when he was like, if you've got any ideas, then great. Um, but obviously, it helped them keep that five men across, you know, strung out across the, the defence, which is great when you're playing against like a low block. Um, the fact that they had space in in the middle if they needed it, on the outside if they needed it. They 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 knew how to get that space outside with the switches of play. Yeah, it was perfect. Like it was a, it was the same old city in a way that looked completely new, but in a way that was actually recycled. It was very interesting. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Paul, do you think this will be a more regular thing? Because like, as much as, as we have seen it before, I think I guess my reaction that it's something that I've never seen before is because it was kind of it was almost in the extreme. We have seen fullbacks come in and, and, and occupy those positions. But you think back to that first season, um, as we were talking about with Zabaleta, Sanya, Clichy, that it, it they kind of reverted to, to more natural fullbacks as the season went on. Last season, like you say, they they might have started with it, but it certainly wasn't the predominant way they played yeah. you know, towards the end of the season. Is it something that we could see a lot more, do you think, this year? I'm not sure if it's gonna be like week in, week out. Probably it looks to me probably more of a way to unsettle teams that does that don't hesitate to defend on a low block when they have to, which has been the case of West Ham the last times that City has played uh, at West Ham's stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as the team like looks better prepared to do that, I think that it's uh, just a resource that Pep is going to take when he finds it possible. But as Sam was saying, I have the feeling that if they have to play Liverpool, Pep probably would. Pep wouldn't afford to have Kyle Walker in there, uh, yeah. and just and that's no disrespect to Kyle Walker because of course mm. he was brilliant and and yeah, but I mean that's not. There his... were times when it was like yeah, they sh- he shouldn't like they need somebody way more effective on the ball in that area. But yeah, like, he and... did the job. But for yeah, the, yeah, yeah for that yeah. take, fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if you're <laughs> playing against I don't know Fabinho and Henderson and and Luis Diaz that are like really good at, at pressing out, you probably you want Bernardo Silva there instead of Kyle Walker. You know what? what what I mean. Yeah, you probably get a bit more of a natural natural setup yeah. in that sense. Um, Paul, do you think having Haaland there now allows Guardiola to surprise opposition coaches a bit more? Because he can do he can do different things knowing that you know he's got that focal point at the top of the pitch. Maybe, but I kind of agree with David Moyes here that the surprise that that the X factor was was the fullbacks playing in a not normal way, uh, not not Erling Haaland. But what I really believed. I've, especially like after seeing the second goal, is that for Holland, um, probably it's going to be like important to 
to have this this first goal of every game just to be scored by City because just 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 to, just to have the lead will open like a spaces to run on the counter attack that that probably if you're nil nil he he's not gonna find them out um, so yeah um, I think that now one of the best qualities that Haaland has is is the amount of meters that he can run like in a short space of time and if he, and if he has like a space to run which is gonna come out when City is on top of the score sheet basically most of yeah. the time um, I, I think it's gonna be a good sign for him. Yeah, Sam. The um, I didn't use this from Moyes in the end, but he did. He said uh, that he felt the pass should have been cut out from De Bruyne to to Haaland. Um, that that set up mm. the second goal. Um, and I guess it it kind of feeds into what what Paul's saying there in that that West Ham have to start taking a few more chances to to try and get anything out of the game. Um, but it just kind of it, it shows the amount of control that City had. And it, it's weird because it came at a time when I really felt like City were, were losing control on the game as well. They started giving a few balls away. They started West Ham started to grow into it a little bit, and then suddenly, as soon as that happened, bang! City hit them on the counter attack, and, and the game was over. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's de- it's genuinely going to be a thing. You know, Guardiola talked about we still need to go right to left, left to right. You know, be patient. But now we have a new weapon, in his words. With this ball, and when the when the opposition defense is high, and we have open space, our guys need to find him. So it's definitely something that's going to happen. But um, and I mean, I should have mentioned this in my article on Haaland because I know if you put any kind of I don't know perceived negativity on it, it's like oh, what are you talking about? But Kurt Zuma couldn't move for about fifteen minutes before that. Did you see how he was limping around the pitch? And Haaland kind of ran off Ben Johnson, who's a fullback playing at centre back. So it was kind of a fairly forgiving situation. But that's not to say that it won't happen again and again because I, I'm sure it will. I'm sure, well, it, it, it just will. You know, it, Mostly it will be De Bruyne, but there's plenty of others capable of finding him with that pass. It's a new weapon. It's going to work. But yeah, in terms of it being cut out, you know, West Ham didn't have the best two centre-backs to deal with it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know in what sense he's thinking it could have been cut out otherwise, but you know, that's why he's not, well, that's why when he's asking journalists for suggestions, he's not being entirely serious. Yeah. Um, let's let's finish with uh, a quick look at uh, kind of other areas of the pitch because um, I think you've both mentioned on this podcast uh, Grealish and and his performance. Guardiola was was quite happy with it. There's been criticism um, from I think like his first season wasn't kind of uh, City fans weren't exactly they were, they were split on his first season. Um, there's been criticism of his performance for not really being as involved as uh, people had hoped. Um, what did you make of it? Because like, he, he had this thing with that. Uh, was it Sam? You've mentioned uh, odds Bible before. Was it was it Sports Bible that he, he called out on Twitter this week? Um, oh yeah, for, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so like, there's certainly there's from inside the club the noises are, are pretty good. And I and I thought. Um, Certainly, from the reaction on Twitter, I watched a different Jack Grealish on uh, on Sunday to, to everybody else because I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, I know Guardiola did the he, like, he praised his performance and he was like oh, he attracted the, the players and created space for others, which is it sounds like one of those things when you're trying to put a positive spin on something. And look, I guess everybody wants him to go and not least Guardiola and not least Grealish, everybody wants him to go and you know take a few minutes on and then score or get an assist, but. I think it's coming, and look, we we talked about the tactical setup and got Carl Walker doing a, doing a job for the team that he's not necessarily used to doing. It's kind of it's the same with Grealish. Obviously, he's had a year of okay, you're you're running this ball down the channel and giving it to somebody else, and then they're they're going to do something with it. Like, but this not it's not the Grealish that people are used to seeing. Um, but he fulfilled his role at the weekend, like 
or better than like every city player who had to fulfill their role and make the certain movements and oh yeah there were there were times when he kind of used that Jack Grealish pace and acceleration to get past people and it was exciting and he worked well in tandem with Gundogan and it, again if you watch that video I mentioned earlier on that Theo sent me on Twitter which I'll retweet he worked in tandem with well not in tandem oh what's what's the the, the, the three version of tandem he worked well with with Gundogan and 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 Cancelo on the left yeah yeah like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say it was a blockbuster performance um but I, I I thought it was good, um, and I'm I'm still thinking there'll be there'll be plenty more to come. But if we are going to talk about kind of under the radar blockbuster performances, then Rodri was excellent. He was Rodri yeah. and Gundogan, both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, were excellent. Yeah, um, just I've just googled it, Sam. I, I literally put in what's the three version of tandem. Um, mm. Tandems can have uh, more than two riders. Tandems refer okay. to the arrangement of the riders, one behind the other, rather than the number of riders. So oh, uh, it, w- it would still be in tandem, yeah. Stephen Fry over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. mention Alan Davis, can I, on a City podcast? No, it's not it's a good not idea. Um, Paul, you, you mentioned Rodri and, and Gundogan. Um, there was uh, worries, I think, pre-match that uh, Bernardo hadn't started, that it that it indicated that he uh, he might be off to, to Barcelona. Uh, I think that's that's possibly, you know, like when you're reading a book and you turn over two pages at once and then suddenly it doesn't make any sense. I think that's yeah. kind of what's happened there. Uh, because <laughs> in terms of a tactical setup, um, Rodri and Gundogan were perfect for the game, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, for, for what I hear and from what I get, I think it was more of a tactical change. Um, just to give Gundogan the chance to play. Um, when we went to this, um, when City made like this event that um, that they presented this documentary that is coming out now, that uh, there are, I think, two, two chapters out. In the unveiling of the first chapter, there was Gundogan in there, um, and he explained that on the Villa game, after the Villa game last season, he was like, he was feeling really, really disappointed for not starting in that game. So, as long as we picture Gundogan as a good guy who never complains and stuff, he, of course, he has this ambition to play and he wants to play and he wants to be in, involved like on the, on the action and, and in Pep plans. And I think that Pep's know, Pep, Pep knows that um, and he wanted basically just to involve him because I guess that he has been trading fine and probably he wanted some change regarding the game against Liverpool. And I think that Gundogan proved the point. I mean, uh, last season probably wasn't his best one with a, with a City shirt, but there's still a lot of football that he can offer. And I think that we have praised a lot Holland and on the penalty, it's kind of impresses the, the, just how fast he can run to, to win that penalty. But the pass from Gundogan is great as well. And the way that Gundogan played was amazing as well. So yeah, a big shout out for him and just for Rodri as well. Who, who was as well one of the players that was maybe a bit criticised after the Liverpool game because he wasn't probably that on point as we used to see Rodri. But again, we probably saw the best centre midfielder that Pep can have in a team in world football right now. Yeah. Um, I just want to, uh, while, while we're talking about these two as well, Sam, I've just remembered that moment where Gundogan seemed to disappear for a second. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, I need to see that again. I watched back like 50 minutes of a game this morning, but yeah, in the second half where he just turned through, through gap, two of them, Yeah, that, gap that, that wasn't was there. Phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal that. Incredible. Uh, shout out as well to Rodri doing uh, something similar in, in midfield where he, exactly. he, he, ste- he stepped around a challenge. So uh, maybe that's a feature to come for uh, for this season. Uh, right, so that brings us to an end of this week's Why Are Us? Thank you as ever to Sam Lee. 
Thank you very much. And okay. to Paul Bias. Thanks a lot. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic. <laughs>